Welcome to the Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man podcast, dedicated to all the men who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages, with host Arturo Henriquez and sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this podcast. As you know, we're here to save your marriage, and a big part of saving your marriage is changing yourself, becoming the better version of you, becoming a better husband, becoming a better father, just becoming a better man. Um, And now let me say something about that, because before you say, why do I have to change, which a lot of people say that, my simple response is we should all be changing. We should all be in a constant state of growth and development. Whether you're in a um, great marriage or whether your marriage is suffering, you should always be in a constant state of growth and development. And I'm not saying you should change as much as the opportunity is there for you to make changes. And the other part that goes along with that is really there is no blame in this. When we get to that place of blame, you know, you've gone to a place that's unproductive for you moving ahead and your relationship. Blame is not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is another term which is called responsibility. The ability to respond is a piece of that. The ability to say, okay, I'm going to decide to respond differently, not to be reactive, but to find a new way of responding to the situation because I know that that is the best thing for the relationship, for the moment, for myself, right? And that's part of growth. That's part of personal development. And part of that is what I consider to be self-management. Self-management is how do I make sure that I've got the resources, the internal resources to deal, you know, to deal with a crisis. And I can tell you this because I know what happens when we're all in a crisis, As you well know, I've been in a crisis before with my wife. And so we all know what crisis is. And self-management is a bit about emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence is about how do you, you know, how do I control my inner self, the emotions that are within me so that they don't control me, right? And then, and then the other part of emotional intelligence is how I, how can I control myself when I'm interacting with other people? Right. But it's really about self-management. OK, so what, what I want to talk about today is basically four ways that you can practically and I mean extremely practically find, you know, find some ways of kind of recharging, finding a place of recharging your resources, your internal resources. And what that means is that when you do that, you're going to have more resources to address your relationship You're going to have more internal tools to address yourself within the relationship. And so I want you to think of how can you do these things. uh, And before you say no on any of them, or I can't do that, or I don't want to do that, I want you to notice that I can't is usually I won't, right? I cannot is really I will not. It's a choice. And it's also an excuse, And so I challenge you to say, I'm going to try these things out. If you just say, I, you know, I can't do it, you know, that's fine. You're not going to get anywhere. Uh, If you say, I will not do it, again, that's better. uh, But again, you're probably not going to get anywhere. 
So I want to give, I want I want you to give it a shot. I want you to think through what what might be different in this because everything I'm going to tell you is based on extreme and profound research across many many years and guys this is not my research but research that has been replicated over and over and over okay so let's talk about these four simple things that you can do and there's you know there's a piece there's a piece of this that's kind of a daily exercise a daily ritual if you will and the first one is certainly a daily exercise or a daily ritual and this is you know this is to be working on changing your mindset and in a different, you know, previous podcast, we talked about your mindset. And this is a tool to help in, you know, changing your mindset from a stagnant one to a growth mindset. You see, your brain is only capable of two different phases. It can only be in either fear phase, right? Fear mode, where you're in fear, or in, a, or in an appreciation or a love phase, it can only be in those two, and it can't be in both at the same time, simultaneously. The fear piece comes from a very primitive part of your brain, the very core-based part of your brain that has always been protecting us from threats from the outside. The problem is that those threats are no longer from the outside like they used to be. And again, we're going back to caveman times where men had to protect themselves and, and the tribe, the women, from, you know, a saber-toothed tiger. You know, that's what I mean by primitive time. Of course, those threats or that type of threat, that specific threat, is no longer there. It's different threats today. And yet we still respond in a very physical way as if we're physically threatened like, you know, the cavemen were back, you know, many, many years ago. And so your fear response gets, you know, creates a bodily response and it's not just your brain that gets a little bit of fear your whole body gets a bunch of fear and it pumps that cortisol that adrenaline into your body and you find yourself locked into this place of flight you know fight or flight i'm sure a lot of you guys have heard fight or flight you know when you're in fear mode you really are either going to fight or flee that's fight or flight so that's one phase is that fear phase. And you know that fear because it's it's the tightening guy and it's it's a sick feeling. It's the disoriented, it's the kind of hypervigilant that sometimes makes you jump. You know, every time something happens, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you find yourself breathing heavily, you find yourself out of breath, you find yourself constantly worrying. You know, and many many other th- other symptoms of that fear response that I'm not mentioning here are present. You know, fear paralyzes a lot of people. And so that's that's the fear phase. The other response is love or appreciation. And that comes from the higher part of the brain. And I want you to notice how interesting that is that on automatic, we our default is not the love or appreciation. Our default is fear. So our default response is always going to be fear which means fight or flight. I'm either going to fight this or flee. But we have the choice and we have to decide to go to the, to the law of appreciation, right? To, to love and appreciation phase. You know, there's this guy, Viktor Frankl, a famous author and therapist. And, Frank, you know, Viktor Frankl was writing about how important meaning is in life. 
And for me, that is a cornerstone of how I understand, for instance, a midlife crisis. It's a crisis in meaning, right? Because you're questioning yourself as you, as you reach, you know, your midlife. You're questioning, you know, what's your purpose? What's your meaning? You know, Viktor Frankl was always writing about this prior to World War II breaking out. And then World War II broke out. He was in Toronto in a concentration camp. In fact, his whole family was. And one of the things that he had the opportunity of doing uh, in a way that nobody would choose is to really practice what he was teaching. And that is to find meaning in the midst of anything, even to find meaning in the midst of a concentration camp. Can you imagine? And so he, he worked on finding that meaning when there was nothing else he could do. Imagine that, to be in, in the most nightmarish of circumstances and still find meaning. And one of his famous quotes is that the last freedom a man has, and for that again, written during World War II, so the last freedom that a person has is to choose their attitude. To choose their attitude, because while fear is automatic, Remember, it's our default mode. It's our our default phase. While fear is automatic, we have some ways we can choose to switch it to love and go into appreciation, to love and appreciate. And so I want you to think about this in a way that I want you to get away from, you know, that pop psychology stuff that it's easy to discard because appreciation and going to love and appreciation There's some substantial research behind it. So appreciation is the capacity, the art of looking for what you can appreciate. And in any life and in any circumstance. And then the ability to make that choice. And one of the ways that I understand that for myself is to think about how fortunate I am no matter what I am doing. How fortunate I am, you know, to be where I am. You know, there's a genetic luck that that goes on when you're born and who I had around me and who I had as parents and and brothers and aunts and uncles, that was pure luck. And I am very appreciative of that. And it is for all of us. But we tend to be, in fact, if you're listening to this, you tend to be in the fortunate few in the world, right? You are in that fortunate few if you compare yourself to the rest of the world. And to be able to step back and say, you know, as risky as everything feels, as overwhelmed as I feel, as, as worried as I feel, I'm surrounded by things that I can appreciate. And I, I have that capacity to, to appreciate. The problem is we rob ourselves of what when we, you know, we live in crisis mode. When that crisis is upon us, we can't think of how fortunate I am or we are. You know, we think, why did this happen to me? And that keeps us stuck. So I'm going to give you an exercise that you can break out of that. You know, when you're in crisis mode and everything's to, you know, seems to be dark and that there's no hope, there's no glimmer of hope, there's no light, right? You, you rob yourself of that ability to appreciate things that are all around you. So this exercise will help you break out of that being stuck And the reason I say that is because you're going to hear it. You're going to say, well, I'm in the middle of a crisis. I don't have time for that. I don't feel like doing that or I don't want to do that. 
I don't feel like, you know, that's for me. That holds true for me. You know, when you're in crisis mode. So let, let's, you know, let me cut right through that. You are listening to this because you know that there are things that you can do. And now I'm going to give you one of those that you can do today. In fact, I'm going to give you four things that you can do that are going to have an immediate effect on you. And therefore will have some repercussions through the relationship. Positive ones. These aren't really how to save your relationship things. It's how do you take care of yourself so that you have the resources and tools to save your relationship. So the first one is appreciation. How do you get there? Well, I want you to think about doing an exercise each and every day, right? I'm going to make it as simple as possible. And that is to get up in the morning and to write down three things for which you are appreciative. Just three things. Now, every day, they need to be different things. But just write them down. Three things that you are very appreciative of. That you're thankful for. Is another, you know, that's another way of phrasing it. So what am I appreciative of today? Well, I'm appreciative one of my daughters smiled at me in the morning. I appreciate that. I appreciate that they're able to go to a great school. I appreciate that. I appreciate that I have a loving mother because my father passed away. I appreciate that I have great brothers and one sister. I appreciate that I have a loving wife. I appreciate that I have two dogs that make me happy. I appreciate that the sun came up today. I appreciate that beautiful flower that's outside of our front yard. I appreciate it, and you fill in the blank. And those are three items that you're going to write down. Not just think in your head, but seriously write down. There's a science to writing it down. You can find a book. You can write it down on a piece of paper, a notepad, on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet, whatever. But there's somewhere that you can record it. And the reason you want to record it is because when you record it, you can also look back on that. Wherever you are, do it. Find a way of just recording the three things that you're appreciative in the morning, just in life. Right? And again, they don't have to be these big, enormous things. They could be as simple as I'm appreciative of being healthy today. Right? I'm appreciative of that beautiful flower. You know, I, I noticed that the beauty in that flower. Now, in the evening, I want you to sit back down and write three things for which you're appreciative of during the day. Or you might call these the wins of the day. Victories, you know, it might be that a friend called you and you gave a word of support or you got a note in the mail or an email that made you smile or your child gave you a big hug when you really weren't having a, you know, when a good day, you were having a tough time. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't have to be, I changed the world. I saved my marriage. I walked this planet. It does not have to be that because it really never is. And could be something, again, very simple. In fact, since you're going to do three of these, you know, different ones in the morning and different ones in the evening, you're going to start looking for it. And guys, that's the whole point. The in the morning is just kind of, you know, a passive way of what's in my world that I appreciate. And then in the evening, to think about what happened during the day that makes you feel like you had a win. 
and you're appreciative for that, right? And you're going to start looking for these. And again, that's the point. Now, let's be very clear. This is not about your relationship. You may include some things about your relationship with your wife, right? Absolutely. Those would be things you're appreciative of. And they may be small or large wins during the day. But it's not about your relationship, right? It's about your life. We don't want to be, you know, one-dimensional and just talk about the relationship. We want to, It's got to be bigger. It's got to be omnidimensional, right? About life for a number of reasons. One, it's because that's more healthy and it's more attractive to the world and to your, you know, your family and to your wife. And it's also going to play in your favor. So I want you to think wide and think hard about what are those things in the morning, three items for which you appreciate. And then in the evening, three items for which you are appreciative of that happened during that day. And just to kind of look, you know, look through that. And that's all you need to do. Because here's what happens if you do this. Your mind begins to think differently. Your brain begins to actually function differently because it's looking not for what's fearful and scary, but for what's right and powerful and feels good. And when you make that switch, your brain actually rewires, right? The synapses, the neurotransmitters in your brain get rewired to stay away from that fear mechanism. Quite as often, you actually change the structure of your brain. Again, this is real science. It's simply by thinking about these things. This is what you know NLP is all about, neuro-linguistic programming. You can change the natural wiring of your brain from a fear response to an appreciative, loving response. Now, you're not going to get rid of the fear. Let me be very clear about that. Your, fil- your, your fear is built in for a reason. It's there to keep you alive. So we don't want to get rid of it. I just don't want it to be always on. It's kind of like the accelerator in your car when it gets stuck and it's just always flying forward. Sometimes we need to be able to let off the accelerator and coast a little bit and appreciate, you know, what that does for us. And so I want you just to try that out. And here's the deal I'll make with you. If you try it out for three weeks, I promise you it will change your life. We have statistical evidence study after study that shows that when you do this, depression goes down, anxiety goes down, fear goes down. Your body begins to function in a more healthy state because you start that adrenaline flow, the cortisol curse cursing through your body, cortisol adrenaline, same thing coursing through your body. It's tough on your body. It's wearing it down. And so this gives you a chance to actually make a switch. And it's so simple. So I want you to really try that. I want you to really, instead of just saying, all that bunch is a bunch of fluff, I want you to understand that research backs this up. And it's one of the best things you can do. That's why it's my number one of all these things to do in appreciation, is journal these three things you appreciate in the morning and three wins, three things you appreciate in the evening. And you're done. You're giving up probably three to five minutes a day for a ginormous, for a huge 
impact. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to exercise. And I'm not talking about training for a marathon. I'm not even talking about training for a five you know, mile run. I'm talking about getting your body moving. We live in a you know, sedentary society when our body is built for movement. Our ancestor didn't sit around. What they did was they worked off those chemicals, the same chemicals that are getting you into trouble. And they did this by moving around. I'm not talking about you, again, trying to find a trainer and training for three hours a day. Um, if you choose to do that, that's great. But I'm talking about, at a minimum, walking 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day would be great. A couple days a week. Just take a walk. And it doesn't even have to be a speed walk. Just leisurely walk every single day. You want movement. You know, one of the things I do when I'm really crunched for time or I'm out playing football, soccer, um, it's called a seven-minute workout. It's really an interval workout that you could push yourself as hard as you want, but it works all of your body, and it works at an intensity we know is highly effective that burns you know, those adrenal gland secretions, the adrenaline, the cortisol. It's also great in regulating your blood sugar and your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels and all that stuff you know, just from taking seven minutes. I'm not kidding, seven minutes out of your day. So if I'm adding this up right, that's five minutes for appreciation journaling, seven minutes for exercise. We're up to 12 minutes really to transform your life. Okay, so I want you to think about how you can do that, how you can work in a, you know, work in a walk at lunch, how you can work in a walk in the evening or in the morning, how you can get seven minutes right before you take a shower in the morning or whenever you do. Can you find some time where you can sacrifice 7 to 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if that's the starting point? So let's say 7 to, 10, 7 to 15 minutes is what I'm asking for to transform your life. Is that worth it? Are you willing to take responsibility for that, you know, for that big thing, for that big result? So again, number one, appreciation, journaling. Number two is exercising, you know, Five, seven, 10, 15 minutes doing a great walk every single day uh, or every few days and really focus on that. Now, let's jump to exercise number three. So in this exercise, it's a really a one-time exercise. I want you to write down all the reasons why you want to save your marriage. Just sit down and start writing them all down. And some of them are going to be very, very practical, you know. It might be stuff like uh, you don't want it to disrupt your finances or you don't want to lose the house uh, or you don't want to go through uh, the divorce process or you don't want to have to hire a lawyer. Uh, all those things that are more you know, technical or tactical or practical, um, but they're not as important. You know, they're, they're, they're important in the sense of those are things you want to avoid or you don't want it to happen, but they don't carry any weight, right? They're not meaningful uh, or they don't have any significance in terms of a purpose, a meaning, right? Uh, so I want you to concentrate more on things that have a purpose, a meaning. For instance, you want your kids to see an intact family. Maybe you didn't have that yourself or you did have it and you know how important that is. Or maybe you say, you know, Commitment to me is very important. I take commitment very, very seriously. So I want to live 
in that commitment as long as I can. Or maybe something like, you know, this, you know, my wife is my life partner and I want to make this work or I can't live without her. You know, whatever that is, but th- it has meaning. It has significance. Uh, there are a lot of ways you can phrase that. But I want you to do is I want you to write them down. Write down all the meanings, all the statements of why you're saving your marriage. And I need you to spend a lot of time on this deep, meaningful time. I really want you to, you know, dig deep into your heart, into your soul, into your emotions, right? This is a very important one-time list. And try not to put in that list the practical ones, right? And if you do put things in uh, that are practical, well, we're going to go and then cross those out and just leave the ones that are meaningful. So as you do the exercise, go ahead and put everything that comes to mind. And then what I want you to do afterwards is cross out all the ones that aren't meaningful uh, and purposeful. You know, again, the practical ones, because they're not going to carry the day. They're not going to give you inspiration. They're not going to give you that extra amount of oomph um, when you need it. They're not going to help during the tough moments. Um, and, and let me tell you, uh, years ago, I had a mentor who had us write down how we felt. And he said to us, there are going to be days when you do not feel that sense of calling. You do not feel that sense of purpose. And you want to be able to pull out that, you know, that, li- you know, that list and, and read it and, and say it out loud to yourself. Uh, because they're going, there's going to be times when you're sitting, they're going, why am I beating my head against the wall? Why am I doing this? I should just, I should just give up. And you're going to need that inspiration. You're going to need a reminder you know, the pain, the, 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 the loss, the grief, um, uh, the, 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 the future without all of these opportunities and possibilities, which to you hold meaning and significant. And when you're going to pull out that list during these tough moments, tough days, and you're going to remind yourself, ah, that's why. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I won't give up. That is the purpose. That is the significance. Because when you're down, when you're going through those tough times, when you feel despair, when you feel um, that there's no hope, you need to find that hope. You need to find that significance so it'll push you forward, right? To not give up. You're going to pull out that list because it's going to give you a target. It's going to give you a direction. It gives you a way of approaching this that reminds you of why this is important, why you're taking the effort, why you're spending your energy, why you may at times feel like you're making no progress and yet you keep doing it. That's why you make that list. Now, this is not a list that you have to write down every single day. It may be a list that you pull out and look at every day, though. It may be a list that you keep in front of you, but it's not something that you have to do every single day like, like the, the appreciation and the wins list that we talked about earlier. So the first thing you're going to do every single day is an appreciation journal you're going to write down three things in the morning for what you're appreciative of and three wins at night that happened during that particular day. Then you're going to spend about you know, 7, 10, 15 minutes of exercise each day moving, you know, having movement. And if it's more, even better. Then one time you're going to write down the reasons for saving your marriage, the purposeful reasons, the meaningful reasons. And you're going to keep that list and when you do that, I want, I want you to be in a somber place 
that's going to force you to really, really do some introspection, really dig deep in and write that list. Then the fourth thing is that you're going to connect with other people. You should not be isolated during these tough times and not have anybody. You want to find somebody or people, one or multiple people um, to talk with, to share things with, get support from, have a place to connect. And, and there's many, many communities out there, uh, whether it's physical or social in Facebook. Um, I know that, uh, you know, the Fortified Spouse, uh, we have group calls. And in those group calls, you will meet other people that are going through similar uh, situations. And, and the, more, you know, the beauty of that is that you guys can connect outside of the program and help each other out. We also have a Facebook community where you know people that are going through the same things can give each other advice and have that connection and then take it into a phone call, a Zoom call, maybe meet in purpose, uh, excuse me, in person if that's possible. In my particular situation, uh, when I went into these mentorship programs, the Facebook community and the people, the, the other men uh, that were going through similar situations helped me out tremendously. Uh, they, they were a, a pillar of support, you know, while I was going through my process of saving my marriage. Um, and that, that's something we offer at this Fortified Spouse uh, program because it's an immense, it's an immense resource. But the whole point is that you need to be connecting with other people, right? It's that connection. Uh, it doesn't need to be about your crisis necessarily when you connect. Just find people, find other people to talk with. Um, and discuss things, whether it's your crisis or whether it's other things, discuss books, you know, learn to play tennis, talk about some things in common. What's important is the connection. The reason it's uh, because we are, you know, we as humans are built so deeply for that connection. We as humans need that human contact. And when we don't have it, we begin to get desperate for it. And when we're going through crisis, we feel, we, you know, we feel extremely isolated. And so we need to find that connection because if you feel very uh, uh, isolated, that, 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 that will turn into desperation. And that desperation is going to show in your efforts to save your marriage. That desperation is going to get you stuck in trying to do some things that maybe aren't quite as productive because you're so desperate for that connection. And suddenly you're operating from a place where you want to connect where you want to be a part of your, your wife's life. And it's not a want, it's a need. And at that point, you begin to operate at a different frequency. You're letting off the need vibe as opposed to the want vibe. You need to create that, you need to create that place of feeling wanted, not needed. Your, your wife does not want to save you. Your wife wants to be wanted, not needed. right? And so that is why you need that support system around you. Other people who you can talk to other people you can connect with. So connecting with others is going to help you with that. So find someone else to connect with. Again, that's not a daily thing. The only two things that are daily is the appreciation journal and the daily exercise. So go out and find you know a person or, or a group of people that could be a support system for you so you don't fall into that panic desperation mode during these very trying times. So again, let's talk about these very four practical steps to change your thought process, 
you know, you change your approach to change your energy level to change basically the frequency at which you're operating. That's going to change how you respond to your wife, how you show up in your marriage, how you show up in your relationship. You're suddenly going to go from the whole blame, anger, fear face to an appreciative responsibility, loving face. And that's a lot of, you know, it's a lot better place to build from. So the first one is the appreciation journal. Three things in the morning, three things in the evening. That's it. Exercise, light exercise. We're not talking about full training. If you want to do full training, that's great. We're talking about seven, 10, 15 minutes a day. It could be a walk. Maximum is all you need. You might do more again, but that's all you need. If you want a little more intensity, the seven-minute workout is a bare minimum. Great place to, you know, to do seven minutes. Then you're going to write down one time, write down your reasons for saving your marriage and look for those purpose and meaningful reasons. Get rid of all the practical reasons. They're, they're not going to propel you forward. And the last thing is you're going to find some people to connect with. If you do that, I promise you that it's going to transform your life in so many ways. It's not going to happen overnight. We're building new neuronal pathways and that takes a while. New synapses, new transmissions. You're rewiring your brain. But if you keep at it, give it at least three weeks, you're going to find that you know, you've transformed your lives in ways that you won't even understand until long after when you look back and say, wow, those four things really changed my mindset. And that change in my mindset really changed my behavior it changed my approach and it ultimately changed me in a very, very big way with great results, not only in my relationship, but in my life. If you're hurting, if you're lost, if you're in despair, you need to understand what is actually going on. You need to get the tools to become confident, independent of your wife. You need to get the tools to better communicate. You need to get the tools to deal with your emotions. You need to get the tools to manage her reactions. You need to get the tools to deal with your insecurities and your triggers. You need to get the tools to become a better version of yourself. You need to start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. She wants a separation or a divorce. I don't know what to do. Well, we can help you find those answers and give you those tools. Now, if you're interested in learning more about these tools, how to stabilize the marriage, how to postpone and delay the divorce or separation so you can work on yourself and save your marriage, how to start making changes to you, how to start building confidence, how to start being an empathetic listener, how to communicate, how to build trust, how to change your context, how to build desire, and so many other things you need to do to become a better man, to become a better husband, to become a better father, to save your marriage, to win your wife back, then I invite you to take part in the Fortified Spouse program. Go to fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. The program is going to change your life. It's going to make you a better man. It's going to restore the man in you and it's going to save your marriage. This is Arturo Henriquez and thank you for listening.
You have been listening to the podcast, Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man. For further information, visit the Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.